Hey, welcome to another episode of Affordable Housing and Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Kent He, and here on the podcast, our goal is to highlight why affordable housing is the best way for you to build wealth for your family and friends while doing good. Now, today we have Mel from PMI Atlanta West. They are a property management company that manages over 100 plus units, almost 80 pad splits right now. And he came onto the show and he is going to tell you what are the best neighborhoods to invest in the co-living space like Padsplit within the Atlanta market and also which areas to avoid and why. Now, he went through things like how much parking you should really need to have for your property. So the chances of it succeeding as an investment will increase and mitigate some of the risks that you might be looking at when it comes to pad splits. And you're going to be able to learn how these screen tenants, how they scale the property management company over time and how their team looks like. So you're going to want to watch this entire episode to get all the nuggets, all the gems from Mel. I'm already planning on hiring them for our property management company for our first passport. So I can't wait. So let's get into the highlights and let's get into the interview. Hey, in the Atlanta market, uh, shared bathroom rooms anywhere from at this point, they used to be lower, but anywhere from, you know, 160 to if it's a really big room, maybe as much as 190 in the right area. Uh, whereas a room with its own bathroom, you can easily fetch 275, 300 a week. Uh, our, our properties over in that area perform very well. They, they, the tenancy is very consistent, very little turnover. Uh, you can charge more. Uh, people just want to be there. Um, and, and it's almost that I like to think, you know, people who are like kind of getting their lives together, if you would, and they're like, you know what, I don't want to live around any riffraff anymore. Or I just want, you know, when they're really getting things together, they tend to, to gravitate to areas like this. Um, okay. Welcome to another episode of affordable housing and real estate investing. Today, we have been covering a lot about pad split recently, especially around a co-living space. But we've never had a property manager who specializes in pad splits onto the show before. So I'm really, really excited to welcome Mel from PMI Atlanta West to, onto the show today because we want to share all the secrets of how do you manage the pad splits, what issues might come up, and we're just going to learn a ton from Mel today. So without further ado, Mel, welcome to the show, man. Uh, just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how did you get started in all this, man? Yeah, well, first, thanks so much for having me. This is great. I uh, appreciate the invite. Um, yeah, so I, um, this is an extension of my investment journey, essentially, this property management company. Um, yeah, I've been licensed as a realtor since 2006, but didn't start investing uh, until 2018. Um, I had a, a W-2 job, uh, wanted to make a way out of that. I um, basically was interested in growing wealth, creating some financial freedom, the fire movement, if you would. Uh, but, you know, knew I wasn't going to, uh, it wasn't in, in terms of stopping the work. But yeah, so I, I started investing in properties in 2018 and, and grew a small portfolio the more effort and energy I put as the portfolio grew, the, the less attention I was putting to the W-2. Um, finally, you know, made that leap of faith 
and was like, how am I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do for active income? We already had a few properties, you know, that the, the, uh, the, the retirement was starting to look better, but I still needed active income. I'm a young guy. Well, relatively. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, I, I, I did do some retail sales. I, I, I did, a, I thought I was going to flip. It ended up just being another burr. So that was my strategy was sort of, you know, buying, rehabbing, renting, uh, refinancing, repeating. Um, so, and I just found myself with the property management hat on. I, I'm, I consider myself more of an asset manager. Like I didn't, I'm, I'm not so transactional. I want to, my asset choice is a single family home uh, I, because I know it. I know Atlanta market very well. I grew up there uh, and it's a good market to invest in. So I, um, you know, I like to take the asset, put it in its highest and best use and keep it there. How do I, and focus my attention on keeping it performing at its highest and best use. Uh, you know, we did traditional long-term, we did some Airbnb, uh, you know, as we continued down the road, we, we kind of fell into something with Padsplit. I, I literally, it was a Facebook, uh, a lot of my uh, uh, social media friends now are, uh just folks in real estate i just that's uh, and i posted on one of the groups that i have this new property i'm developing uh and i was going to look for an airbnb co-host um to expand my you know airbnb business basically uh someone was like oh have you heard of pad split i just did a little research liked it i thought it fit it suited this property well so we decided to go 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 with it um next thing i know i put another property on on pad split and at that same time, I was the, uh, starting this property management company. Um, uh, so uh, Pat Split was asking me, hey, do you want to manage more properties? Uh, and I noticed there weren't a whole lot of uh, Pat Split property managers. And I was like, sure. So we essentially that, you know, that was the beginning of this. We 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 built this property management company around Pat Split. Since we've grown uh, our long-term rentals as well, but majority of those have come from Padsplit owners uh, who really like the way we manage. And they said, you know what? We want to bring more of our properties over to you. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, how we, that's how we got into it. Uh, Whoa, what a great story, man. Because you guys kind of fell into it, but then naturally you saw a need in the market and something that you were willing to kind of take on. Because... I've talked to a lot of investors. Finding great property management companies are extremely, extremely hard. Um, but to see that you are getting that validation from third parties, meaning there are other people that not only had a great experience with you, but they want to bring you more business. That is so cool. That shows that you're doing absolutely all the right things. Um, so in your portfolio right now, like how many passwords are you, uh, you managing and how many long-term rentals are you managing? Is it like a, can you share like a proportional split or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'll tell you the number. So just look, actually, we have 72 active pad splits under management, which is wow. uh, in the beginning, that would have seemed crazy to me, but funny enough, not even funny, but uh, it's, it's uh, we've got our process and procedures in place. We've been doing it for so long that now it's easier to manage these 72 than it was probably 30 when we were there. Um, wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we have 72 pad splits under management and then, and growing. I mean, we, we're developing another one ourselves. We have a couple of uh, mm -hmm. investors working on a few more. So we'll be at 
I mean, we'll be at 80 pretty soon, I think. And then uh, we have about 55 long-term, long-term. And this, wow. all this growth is literally, we, we do not do any marketing. We, we actually turned it off because I didn't want to grow too fast. <laughs> uh, so it's just all word of mouth. Yeah. I, I respect that though. you like, you said, Hey, let's not grow. Let's not grow too fast. Make sure our systems and processes are catching up and they're responding well so that you are setting a strong foundation for growth. Yeah. And I love that because I, when I was in corporate America, I just saw that people grew, 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 and grew way too fast. And now you have almost like these narrow pipes of that represents your process. And now it's just like leaking and bursting and what is bursting at all the seams and stuff because like, you didn't get the foundation set up correctly. So I love that you guys are doing that. That's a great, great up model. Well, you got some long-term rentals and you got some pad splits. How would you tell a investor what is kind of like your biggest differences between managing a long-term rental compared to your pad splits yeah so pad splits have a lot more moving parts um i like to think that it's sort of like a but they they come with the benefits of the long term you have people that want to stay longer but you have a lot of, you know, cleaning. You're responsible for everything with the house as a pad split investor, like the lawn care, the cleaning, the pest control, um, room turns. You got to, you know, do, do the cleans and, and uh, punch out work when, when, that's, when, that, when, when rooms are turned. Um, you're responsible for all the utilities. Um, uh, but you receive the kind of returns you receive uh, in Airbnb, maybe better uh, than uh, it's very comparable with, with short term but you get the benefits of uh, more consistency that you would get with the long-term. Um, it's, it's, uh, and there's ebbs and flows. I think, you know, when a new passive property comes on, you haven't, you don't have the mature house with, with uh, members that have been there for a long time. Sometimes, you know, there's, there's a, there's a stabilization period. I'd like to, sometimes it's quick, you know, but I would give it up to like six months to, to, uh, you know, get, uh, members to the, that are going to stay for a long time. It's, it's probably not typically six months, but I'm I'm a I'm a conservative person when I when I, when I analyze things. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot more moving parts. Um, uh, from an investor from an investor standpoint, though, I mean we we handle everything. You know, you can be as involved as you'd like to be for, for you know to a certain extent, but we our goal is to to, to help you have. What they call you know mailbox money yeah, we, we, everything we handle every ticket that comes in you don't you don't have to be involved at all some of our investors are completely hands off um and really that's the goal for for us i mean i like to do things a certain way uh it allows us to be uh you know to do this at scale you know if i have all the same locks all the it, ultimately I, you know it's not to this point but it, it you know to to exaggerate about Every house was the same paint. Every floor was the same. Every door was the same. If everything was the same, it would be easy. So I pushed towards that um, in order to, to do this at scale. Wow. I mean, that's some great tips, though. Like, even when people are renovating their properties, nowadays they have a expert like yourself to consult with and say, hey, what have you seen worked well in other properties? And you are naturally inclined. Like, you could make it more efficient. If someone is familiar with all your the same locks right it's much easier to maintain update and potentially change over the locks if there are any turnovers so 
I absolutely love that you are enforcing a standard because naturally it also makes everything else easier. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you do specifically that you have seen like, hey, I've seen these issues in the property management industry and this is how we stayed on top of it and solve these issues. Like anything that you can kind of guide our investors think about like how do ultimately I want the investors listening right now to say, well, how do I know this property management company actually knows what they're doing, right? You seem like you know all your stuff, but any sort of advice you have there on how investors can kind of tease out whether not a property management company is a good property management company based on some of the stuff that you do? Yeah. So, I mean, if in, in vetting a property management company, I, what comes to mind to me is I would ask that property management company, like, you know, why do you do this? What's, you know, what is their why? Or, uh, you, know, um, you know, what is the reason they got into business? Uh, you tell me a little bit about how you do things, you know, why you do things. Uh, because th the property manager and investor are really uh, much more aligned than any other person working on your property. I think, you know, your, your contractor wants to come in, you have a scope. He wants to do it and get out of there as, as quickly as possible. We're, we're doing this. We're in the long haul with you. We want a, uh, as, as I alluded to before, we want your pro property to perform at its highest and best use. Um, so, you know, I think uh, a, a very, uh, a, a highly investor mindset property manager is what, what you want, especially with pad split, you know, with traditional long-term rentals, that's a sort of, I guess, tried and true. I mean, I think Patsville is pretty tried and true at this point, but like uh, it's been in a, a long for a long, uh, it's been around for quite some time. It's, it's a business model that you don't have to be an investor to emulate. You can just say, I want to be a property manager and go start this long-term uh, property management company. Um, but with Patsplit, I think especially you want someone who's very investor fo focused um and you know with that i go back to the highest and best use like we want it we want it to we want to maintain our properties and and all the properties for our investors as leanly as possible and you know as profitable as possible while also of course providing the best like living experience that we can um so you know i think uh you you just ultimately it's that i think that uh your property manager should uh should be more of an asset manager mentality than than just a business that you know manages properties yeah and i really like that you you one of your questions like are they investors themselves because sometimes it's very hard to convince a quote-unquote property manager about what is going on in your head like you are an investor yourself now so that infinitely that makes the 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 communication and understanding way more smooth compared to like a different class of property managers who don't actually invest themselves because you understand the need for one producing profits maintaining the property but also ensuring your residents are happy uh in their pads yeah. so maybe this is a good transition then what types of properties have you seen in your career like you guys manage 72 almost 80 units now what types of properties have been like the most successful when it comes to investing in Passport? Like, for example, how should investors look at a property to determine whether or not it might be a successful Passport? Yeah, sure. Um, so the biggest value are going to be en suites. Any any room with 
its own bathroom is what's the, the percentage it's considerably more uh uh i'll throw i mean i'll throw rates out there i guess to, to, to be clean that's to be you know uh very transparent about it so I'd say in the Atlanta market, uh, shared bathroom rooms anywhere from at this point, they used to be lower, but anywhere from, you know, 160 to if it's a really big room, maybe as much as 190 in the right area. Uh, whereas a room with its own bathroom, you can easily fetch 275, 300 a week uh, for those rooms. Um, uh, so Rooms with their own bathroom, uh, rooms with their own private entrance. These are a little bit harder to come by, um, but bigger rooms are definitely a, a higher value. We, 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 you know, we've tested the market and played with different uh, pricing, um, and we see for sure uh, bigger rooms tend to, um, you know, they get bigger, they get better uh, uh, rates, and they get people that don't want to leave. Um, the area uh, has has a lot to do with it. Um, uh, um, what else? Um, uh, well, you mentioned bigger rooms, like how big do, are these bigger rooms, right? Do you have like a square footage? Is it 10 by 10, 10 by 12, any sort of specifics you can give around that? Okay. Yeah. On the bigger room, I would say up to you know, 15 by even as big as 20. Uh, but wow. once you get to, you know, 15 by 15 or something like that, that's, that's gonna, that's a, uh, 10 by 10 would be considered, you know, standard or smaller, really. Um, uh, um, yeah, and I can even say, like, you know, different areas, like, for instance, on the east side, Stone Mountain, Decatur, they tend to have a lot of bigger, the houses are bigger rooms, you know, but that, you know, there's, 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 uh, it's not just black and white. You also may pay more for the house, so you got to look at all mm -hmm. factors, Um uh, you know, Decatur has been known for having a little bit uh, more regulation. However, I do see all across the board, I feel like Pathfoot more and more is becoming accepted and understood um, even with all municipalities because, you know, we haven't had any, you know, without, with all these houses, I don't have any code violation issues going on. And, and if I, and in, in the three years that we've been doing this, I mean, I've had a, just maybe, three or four code violation uh, reports, but never any, nothing. Um, it never went any further than a, than a, than a, um, than a, uh, a warning or whatnot. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So 15 by 15, some of the, yeah, if you can get, if you can get bigger than that, then, then yeah, those rooms do well. And, and sometimes at, sometimes maybe putting a desk in something in a room like that goes, goes, pretty far um yeah, the type of folks that that live at these pad splits um there's all kinds of workers but there's quite a few gig, gig workers temporary workers and folks who might do some online freelance work stuff like that so having having a, a space of their own in in the house that really you know makes them feel comfortable is is important oh that's great to know man so I love your point about ensuite bathrooms because that seems to be in really high demand. A little bit in contrast with Airbnbs because Airbnb sometimes people just want more more beds for more beds and heads, uh, heads and beds. I mean, and so what about parking, public transportation? Yeah. What have you seen in terms of the gravity 
of or the impact or the magnitude of those factors and does that play into the success of the properties is it how would you part is it parking first is it distance to public transportation first is it just rooms with you know larger rooms like how should investors prioritize sort of these what I'm calling like there's intangibles, which is parking, distance to transportation, because you can't make that nicer uh, yeah. and compare that to other tangibles, which is you can always add an extra bathroom. It's just a matter of how much money you got to spend. How would you advise investors to look at right. properties like that? I think parking is 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 overlooked sometimes. I think it's pretty big. I think you want to be as sure as you can with 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 the parking like houses on a, on a corner lot or. or are fantastic um, or a side street that may be dead ends by the house where, where there's going to be basically plenty of places to park or, or of course a bigger driveway you can always you know not always it, you, you, the landscape like if it's flat enough you can you can add um, uh, a parking pad you know if it's a sloped lot it's going to be harder to do that um, but I think you need to take heed to plenty of parking I would say um, for on, I would say you want to have at least 70% or something like that uh, of, of enough parking. So if you've got eight rooms, then maybe, um, you know, at least five or six spots to park. Um, if you can avoid the on-street on parking, um, that would be good. Um, there's plenty of all three. So, yeah, I, I, I think that just it provides a better experience. You know, we've had those are some of the things that uh, we've had come up, you know, people complaining about. Um, you know, the, the parking. And then, of course, neighbors uh, could complain about that. So I think it's, in, you know, parking you want to take heed to. Um, as far as public transportation, that's that's depending on the, the, the location. So like in Atlanta, for sure. Um, south side, for sure. But in areas like, say, on the west side, uh, Cobb County, um, uh, public transportation is not, not crucial really at all. Uh, and then and even uh, indicator, I think it's, uh, it's 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 more important indicator to have access to good public transportation on the east side. I say indicator, but yeah, so the east side um, versus uh, like the west side. Yeah. And that those were some specifics, man. I, thank you for being mm -hmm. so specific because I think that really gives some concrete and substantial data points for investors to look at. Um, so you, you mentioned some neighborhoods. You talked about uh, Stone Mountain. You talked about Decatur. What areas or neighborhoods have you seen in your portfolio, either the ones that you own or the properties that you help manage, as sort of the best performers for rental rates or best performance for occupancy? Have you paid attention to any of those numbers? And like any sort of advice or wisdom you can share about which markets or areas are the best for pad split? Yeah, I, I definitely pay attention to it uh, high level. I'm, I, I don't get as much in the details as, as some people do. My, I, my wife, who's my business partner, is a CPA, so I don't have to really think about the numbers as much as. The, but but I am I am very much uh, from a high level uh, perspective. I do pay close attention. So you have to be careful in, in Cobb County. Cobb County is not so open to depend like all, all all of Cobb County but there are areas where I think you can uh, you can do this um, quite and, and that's my one of my favorite it's just you know the the the, the inventory is going to be a little bit smaller um, uh, and you don't want to go to the, the wrong neighborhood and in, 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 uh, in Cobb County and you're going to have some issues with neighbors if that's if that's the case but 
it's a very desirable place to live. So people who, uh, our, our properties over in that area perform very well. They, they, the tenancy is very consistent, very little turnover. Uh, you could charge more. Uh, people just want to be there. Um, and, and it's almost that I like to think, you know, people who are like kind of getting their lives together, if you would, and they're like, you know what, I don't want to live around any riffraff anymore. Or I just want, you know, when they're really getting things together, they tend to, to gravitate to areas like this. Uh, Decatur too. I mean, I, I just, I grew up in Cobb County, so um, maybe I'm a little partial, but it's not that I'm partial. It's more that I know it so much. Um, um, but I, I'm, I've been, you know, our highest performing property is in Decatur, but uh, it's a huge property. It has, you know, two en-suites. One of those en-suites has a balcony. You know, the other one is huge, really big. The other rooms in the house are every, you know, it's a, it's actually a 10 bedroom. Uh, nine of those rooms are enormous and there's one small room. So <laughs> that's why it performs so well. Uh, and, the, you know, and then, yeah, uh, so two of them have their own private, uh, you know, exit doors. Um, uh, yeah, so, but, and, and, it, and it's been consistent. We don't, we have very little turn, turnover in that particular property. Um, but yeah, in general, I, I, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and some folks, I, I mentioned earlier, so Decatur was known for the Cap County, I should say, you know, cause it's not just Decatur, Stone Mountain, it's the Cap County. They were known for being a little bit more, uh, um, I guess strict when it, when it comes to, uh, and, and for instance, I think the, the, the law of theirs four unrelated people technically are allowed to live in the same house. However, uh, you know, I say that, but then on the other hand, all this time we've had many, you know, we have that 10 bedroom there. We have plenty of pro properties over there. We don't have any issues. Um, we, we've had, I, I can remember one uh, 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 where, um, you know, a neighbor was, was, was not so happy. We've reduced the, the size of, uh, of a house over there for a little while. And then since we've, you know, re, re uh, build it back up is, and uh, having no problem. So, um, uh, and in the Decatur, you're gonna ha you have a lot uh, more. There, there's plenty of opportunities. There's plenty of houses. Like, yeah, if I if I were to just, just say which area has like the most opportunities for passive, but definitely uh, Decatur area and in the South Side too like Riverdale, Jonesboro. However, the, you, there's a lot more smaller houses down there. So you know, less, less opportunity to get the, the big, you know, great performer, but you can do it. There, there's some, you know, we actually, yeah. yeah. Well, this is interesting. Cause you, you mentioned Cobb County, that's COBB, right? Did I catch that correctly? That's Cobb right. County. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So you have Cobb County, uh, you have Decatur. We've heard Stone Mountain. Um, I've heard of College Park from Blake as well. Is yes. that going to be a pretty good area for Passwoods as well? College Park is. And so uh, I guess it's incorporated now. I should know this for sure. But like South Fulton, uh, I believe uh, College Park is sort of um, isolating themselves from the, 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 there's Clayton County to the south, Riverdale, Jonesboro, Union City. Um, um, uh, but College Park is a little bit closer to the city and as uh, considered South Fulton, which is, uh, I believe, incorporated of its own now. Um, some folks were concerned that there was gonna, they were gonna be more, you know, uh, uh, you know in, in part, 
more regulations and, and these kind of things. But it's a, it's a good area. It's a it's a it's a really good area. Uh, we have we manage a few uh, in College Park, and yeah, it's a you can the again you know we're considering all the factors. The price point in College Park and and on the south side is 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 better than you're going to get in anywhere else. Now, what what about these neighborhoods? Why are they so good? You mentioned Cobb County because like people just like that area. Is it what what have you seen to be the driving factor? Is it like proximity to a work location? Because College Park, the South County area, that's really close to the airport, right? I'm not sure what's in Cobb County. Decatur seems yeah. like there's a lot of highways that goes like a straight shot into the city. But what have you seen? Maybe I break it down in question. Like, who are the people that are renting out pad splits? Like, are they, are they just like factory workers, gig gig workers, and two, why are they why are these neighborhoods so popular? Yeah. So, and again, I want to stress the fact too with Cobb County because you have to be very careful. There's not. There's. There's. You know. There's just certain. There's little pockets. Um, I, I. I don't. I don't. And, and you actually, you know, there's some folks that I. I don't have any properties in in northern Cobb County. Say, you know, Kennesaw, Ackworth, but I, there are some pets out out there. We we focus our or we have our business and we have a couple of Marietta, um, bordering Smyrna. Austell, like Douglasville, Douglas. So this is moving a little bit further west of Cobb County, D Douglas County. But what I see in that area is just more stable folks. You know, people who are you know ready. They they you know uh, they might have a little bit more stable job, less less of a gig worker, more. But maybe it's a uh, you know uh, I don't, I'm not you know I, I have had a, a teacher in one of our houses before. Um, but uh, yeah, just folks who are just a little bit more stable, um, and and like you know, sort of mentioned, they. I, I feel like the people. If when you when you move to Cobb County, you know that you're you know you're trying to get your stuff together. You you want to be mm -hmm. around other people who have their stuff together. Um, Got it. Would. And uh, you know, so I see just a more stable. Um, you know, we have a house. The house there. This is just amazed me. We we do think clean like we almost. The house is cleaner than it's a patch plate and it's cleaner than my house <laughs> like it's so clean all the time like it's it's, it's a smaller patch plate. it's only five rooms but like it just blew my mind yeah like every time that, I go that, there, that, like, wow <laughs> <laughs> well that's really cool I, what area so you mentioned there are some areas there are pockets that people should absolutely avoid what are those areas that in your opinion that people should avoid just as like a general rule of thumb Huh, it's uh, I, I, th I well, I think of it more of like areas that there's a fewer areas in Cobb County that you can uh, effectively do a passport in. There's uh, so if I were to like, so like Windy Hill, if I give you the road, you know, like Windy Hill west of um, South Cobb Drive, um. And then, uh, yeah, so Windy Hill West and South Cobb Drive. And, and then, uh, you know, kind of, kind of from there south, from there southwest is okay. But anything, you know, northwest, I think of Windy Hill, it's, you're, you're going you're gonna to run into some, some issues. Um, until you get further north to like parts of Kennesaw are probably okay. Um, 
uh, Ackworth. Again, I don't have business up there, but I'm just assuming I grew up in Kennesaw. Um, but like, uh, you know, well, you're going to have basically a lot of 500,000 or, or at this point, a 600,000 and up houses around you're, you're probably not going to, you probably don't want to do Pat, but, uh, near there, but, um, but there's just, there's just pockets where there's, where there's more renters, um, uh, near like, uh, in that area, there's what's close to that in Cobb County is, um, is the, uh, it's like the, the, uh, sex, like the jail and the, 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 the dump, the, there's some, a lot of bells bondsmen and stuff like that. Yeah. There's, there's, but basically, like I said, like Windy Hill, west of South Cobb Drive, uh, southwest of there, uh, all the way into Austell, uh, you know, Mapleton and Austell, uh, that, those areas are, are, are okay. Got it. Well, that's super helpful. I'm sure there's tons of people that's going <laughs> to rewind that piece of the podcast just to like write that down. It's like, <laughs> oh, that is so good. Thank yeah. you so much, Mel. That helps me so much, especially for some of us out-of-state investors, right? Like we rely yeah. on experts like yourself, Mal, to help us decide like, hey, is this a good area? Might this be successful? Because like you said, we're both aligned. We both want to maximize the output from the properties, but also want to make sure we're doing the right thing that doesn't cause us all these headaches. Um, so we talked a little bit about that. Um, maybe how maybe we touch a little bit upon screening tenants like do you guys have a specific criteria that you use to screen tenants before placing them into the pad split properties or do you generally rely on what your investors sort of appetite or screening criteria might be yeah so we um before we didn't really have a choice so pad split does initial screening and in the past they did all the screening uh, as of late, they, uh, they do send us the members who basically have applied to our passport and, and allow us to approve or deny. Um, so, um, and to be honest, my team probably knows him better than I do, but like, essentially we don't, if they've had any evictions, we don't, um, we, we deny, we, we we're there's so, so much to demand for this. It's really insatiable that, you know, we're, we're pretty, so if we've seen any evictions, if we've seen them like jumping houses at all, uh, you know, not staying, not being, you know, not, not having much tenure in, in a pad split, we'll, we'll deny any, almost any reason that we can, uh, we will, uh, we will deny um, uh, at, the, at this point. Um, uh, if we even see odd things like they've been um, approved for like a, a, a huge amount, you know, to that to us is telling us that they're sort of maybe you know, potentially um, doing something mischievous on, on their qualifications. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but essentially, yeah, we just, our, 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 our staff looks at every, um, every applicant and if, 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 if they uh, appear to be pretty stable, they've been in the past, but for uh, another for a while, they have no evictions. Uh, their, um, their income level, you know, looks, looks, you know, uh, looks pretty good, and then then we'll approve. But we're almost looking for reasons to deny, if you would. Like I, I hate to say that, but like you know, um, most. But I, I I say that also. I can say that you know, majority. Uh, you know, over eighty percent of Patslet members are, are are great. I mean, across our mm-hmm. even across our portfolio. Uh, I mean, we're probably at uh, I don't know, probably close to six hundred. You know, actually five hundred rooms or so. 
that we manage. Um, there's maybe truly at this point, maybe 11, 12 that are, that are in eviction. It's like 3%, 3, 3, 3 oh, 4%, wow. less like 3% that are, that might be an eviction. So, Okay. Well, those are great stats, but interesting yeah. enough, like you set me up perfectly for the next question I really want to ask you because <laughs> look, a lot of investors, right? Um, especially for newer investors, they always think about what can go wrong, right? It's, it's fear that's mm -hmm. driving their decision or it's causing them to kind of freeze up and go into analysis paralysis mode or just think about all the bad things that can happen. You just mentioned eviction. So let's talk about uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk about three problems. Like I want to talk about neighbors. How have you guys handled it? I want to talk about evictions. How have you guys handled that? And any sort of like member to member dispute. So let's talk about it. like what do neighbors usually complain about and how have you, you dealt with that issue? Okay. Uh, uh, okay. So, what's, uh, 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 I'm sorry. What was the order of the questioning? I'm sorry. I've, let's I've do been... let's do neighbors. Let's do neighbors first. Like, what okay. do neighbors typically complain about? And then we talk about evictions and member to member disputes after that. Yeah. Uh, so, what comes one of the things that neighbors want to just be peace. They want to live in their house peacefully, um, for the most part. Like, one of the things we talk about parking. That's one of the things I always look at. Like, okay, is if they do park on the road, are they going to be like right outside of the neighbor's driveway where they're not going to be able to freely go in and out of their driveway? Um, um, uh, it, we, we haven't had any, we haven't had any neighbor complaints in, in quite some time. Um, um, and yeah, and to all, you know, full transparency, we used to, we used to manage four paths, but they brought everything in house. Like we used, they, they have a, they have their own portfolio. Uh, of houses that they that they you know they have a fund and they buy houses um, that we used to manage um, for them though that's actually the last time we had a a neighbor dispute they they have since moved it into their uh, in-house property management company that we still get plenty of um, uh, uh, investors come over from from the from those but um, it, we've had uh, Funny enough, this isn't really a passive thing. It's you know, it's uh, we, we, we've had them complain about leaves <laughs> that my that my that my that my landscaper, yeah, he does a good job. I mean, he he, he definitely wouldn't have blown them in, into their yard, but uh, it just it just comes to mind something that came up. Um, uh, but it's really the the parking. That's that's why I think parking is really really important. Um, uh, there has been uh, a concern about uh, you know with these houses. This is uh, this is something that's really important. Uh, you need to have at least two, pre preferably three, like trash bins, external you know uh, exterior trash bins for the trash service, um, because we've had that's something we've had to do a lot. Like we've had to you know um, contract people to come, you know take you know, and it's going to cost a, a lot just to come dump the dump the trash if, if it's getting out of hand. So we've had some complaints about that before. Um, but uh, yeah, if you you know can keep the house is nice and neat and, and, and members, is, we haven't had any issues with like loud, you know, parties or anything like that, or, loud, uh, or, or, or members just being loud outside the house. More parking and trash, if anything else. Yeah. Wow, okay, so that's, I mean, not a minor issue, but it's something that can be remediated. One, by looking at your properties and seeing like, hey, am I buying a property with enough parking? And then 
obviously getting as many trash cans as possible for for trash servers so that you're not overflowing it and causing a, a sore site for your neighborhood there. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, you mentioned yeah. you have gone through evictions. Um, can you just talk us through like what the process looks like when you have to evict a pad split member? Because it's slightly different, right? Versus a a long term rental tenant. Because you have you're trying to evict a tenant that's in a room shared upon the entire house. Like any sort of mm -hmm. gotchas or watchouts that you can share with our listeners today that might be worried about this. So the gotcha or watchout would be. You know, for some reason, it's this has been very, very rare. We've had um, a couple of these situations, maybe three in total across the, across the years. But funny enough, two of them were relatively recent. And with the same investor, this was this was just the, the wildest thing. I feel feel bad for. Them. But now we got it under control. We're good. Um, where you could get a a uh, we've had a um, it's like cultural culture of of, of non-paying you know so we've had somebody come in and like just be this um you know either threaten or convince other members not to pay and like get the whole almost the whole house to not pay and go and, and you know many of it and that this is like the worst horror story ever and it's very very uncommon again like i said we have maybe three percent um uh across the board of evictions um um, and in those situations, I mean, uh, unfortunately, and, and they might be very violent. You know, we've had our, we go, we've had our guys go and, and it's just, it's a, it's a touchy situation. I don't want, you know, anyone to be harmed, of course. Um, uh, and, but it's generally somebody who's, you know, and to that point, three, 4%, you know, we, it's, it's a, you know, statistical fact that like three, four percent of the, of the population is, just the general population in the whole world is something like, you know, something like that is sociopathic, uh, uh, narcissistic, those type of things. So, you know, you can, um, you can similarly and, and pass split. So it's usually someone like that who uh, might cause, cause, cause the problem. It's, you know, a uh, bad apple. I kind of really spoils a few others and it, and it gets bad. This is very, very, very uncommon. Um, but that's like the, that's like the worst scenario. But even that, even that, like you talk about people being fearful or whatnot, of course it would it really suck if that happens. But if you're committed to this, you, you, we will get to the other side. Um, I mean, like my team hates to deal with anything like that. Like it's really, and, and, I, and I care, you know what I mean? Like I want it to perform. Um, I, want it, I want everything to, to go well. So we, you know, we're, we're in there in the trenches, you know, having to go there and, and um, you know, do what we got to do to manage that situation. But you know, uh, uh, if it's so bad, you know, then we can't really do. You know, our hands are tied to a sort of certain extent. I mean, it's not like we can get a, you know, um, you know, the mafia or whatever to go in there and do something. Um, but in general, with evictions, we might have one at the most two in a house at a time. Usually one. Um, and what we do, if you know, the, the member hasn't paid, we communicate. We have our our, our team. Uh, reach out to that member and uh, to you know, try to communicate via the app or call or text. Um, we have we have our, 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 our you know our, on the team on on, on the ground uh, members go to the house. Well, we'll go and physically post a notice to vacate on their door, not just like you know on the uh, on the front door, but on that member's door, which seems to work well. Kind of embarrasses the people, puts them on. 
you know, uh, on, on highlight in the house. Um, uh, you know, it's a little bit more real at that point. Um, uh, generally, that gets people people to leave. You know, um, it, it's just the people I think with a little bit more. Uh, you know, maybe um, you, you know, almost social disorder type stuff that might not might, might not leave. But yeah, we just do a good job of of just staying on top of it. I think you know we've seen we've had houses come over from other property managers, and it, it appears that they just didn't didn't um, they just didn't go like you know did more so that I want to say the bare minimum, but just weren't as proactive about you know, making an appearance. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some do a phenomenal job. I've heard, you know, we have, there's this past, but, uh, landlords group and, and I hear some stories about, you know, some people who I'm like really impressed, impressed with what they do and their, their numbers for keeping, for keeping, uh, you know, evictions extremely low, uh, across, across what they, across what they manage. But, um, in general, we do a really good job and we just, we just, I think it's just being, um, just being involved, just being, uh, you know, a little bit proactive uh, about it. But, you know, posting those to vacate, if they, if they, if they stay at that point, um, uh, we, 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 we typically use a company called a victim forming um, to, to process the eviction. Um, and almost in all cases, they'll leave before we get to the court date, but there, there are a few that we get to the court date, have the writ and have the, have to do a set out. And, and, and all that, but maybe 1% gets to the, to the set out. Got it. So whenever you, if I were to say it back to you, right, it sounds like when someone doesn't pay one, you communicate with them, you might get to a, a notice to vacate on that gets posted onto the door. And then after that, if it really comes to the fact, you got to bring them to court, go through the eviction process. And in the worst case scenario, you got to get the sheriff's County involved, I'm guessing to, yeah. to evict them, yeah. right? Like fr from person. Okay. And how long does this process take now? Because I think this is probably the last sort of unknown. It's like, oh, I'm going to have this headache for so long. What have you seen in terms of timeline has like an eviction taken? It's starting to speed up, but uh, up until now, like it's, uh, uh, I would say on average, and I hate to say it, but it is like on average of maybe is up, up to like six months. But it's like prior to, um, prior to, you know, uh, the uh, moratorium and all that, it was like two months. After that, courts got backed up and this and that. Then it was more like six months. Um, I think it's starting to trend back towards a shorter time frame. And I've seen Evicted for me. They have done something recently to connect with uh, the magistrate courts and um, and the, uh, the the lawyers in there. They have, uh, I think, they seem to have lawyers in all jurisdictions, or at least a couple we've seen. Um, and they're they're able to get. Um, things moving along a, a bit more quickly now. As, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the video, uh, it seems to me that people, the, the municipalities, are becoming more aware and more comfortable and more understanding of this path split model. Now it's taken a little time for that, but I, I see that happening. So yeah, it's it's starting to it's starting to trend a little bit quicker. Got it. And I think for investors out there, right? Yeah, your your longest scenario might be six months. So let's say like worst case scenario, right? This person being evicted stays in a home. Maybe they cause a bad environment, causes everybody to move out. In my opinion, like I would set aside six months of reserves uh, for my property just in case the worst case scenario happens. And now I can truly say like, hey, when this happens, because it's going to happen, 
even though it's just really, really rare, I can at least be prepared financially to handle that issue if it were to come up. That's how I would handle it. I don't know. Do you have any recommendations from people on like, hey, even though this eviction might have taken so long, what have you seen in terms of like effects on other folks in the house? Have you seen like everybody else also moves out as well? Any sort of uh, stories you can share there? Uh, no, not typically. No. Um, like I said, it's usually, you know, the one or one or two, um, bad apples in, in a house. And then again, like that, and it's a matter of getting them out. That's part of that stabilization. You might see it happen earlier in a past split, but once, you know, once you kind of get a house stable, you get some mature, uh, members in there, uh, maybe you've had that one eviction there out and finally somebody comes in that that's going to, that's going to stay. Um, I think one of the best, one of the best, um, preventers of of the eviction is to is to care about your asset like you know care about like what you're providing um uh the location if you take these things into consideration and not just like that's that's what i see to me sometimes being the biggest problem is and and you know not to fault anyone it's, it's understandable based on you know you're in this to to build wealth and make money and uh, do you think, but like when you only think about it from your perspective, um, those are the types of situation, those are the types of, you know, that's when, you know, the, the, the problems come in. I mean, I mean, knock on wood, I don't, you know, I, I like, um, out of we're you know, personally we have, we have, we're on our fifth, fifth path, but we had one other that was a co-living too, but, but anyway, and, and I, out of my, I have, I've never had an eviction in any of my houses, you know, and, but I've also been very keen on the parking you know the like how you know i you know, i want to provide the best you know the best i i wanted to be like if i if i was you know if i needed to would i live in this house yeah i want to feel you know feel, uh, you know based on the area the parking the you know um you know the quality of the construction um i think if you have the right intention i don't know you know if you it's, it's kind of sort of an energy thing here but like you know with with the intention um to to provide the best you can you know it's like the 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 um yeah the 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 the, the, the whole aura passport will take care of you too in a, in, a, in a sense so um yeah yeah i, I, I completely think, yeah. i completely resonate with your philosophy there malk because yeah. right i mean i was born like there's nine of us in a two-bedroom apartment in this scenario in pad split at least almost every member gets their own room. So you start to have, you build dignity, right? You provide a home that you're proud of, that one, you're willing to live in yourself. And that's why there's all these other things that I'm thinking of, like, hey, I already budgeting for, I don't know, every room to have their own personal refrigerator. It might be a small refrigerator, yeah. but I want, I want them to have independence, right? It's very important to create a, a home for someone because this is their home. And yeah. when you have great parking, you have a great product, you have the right vibe. That's why people generally stay. Because if you're in a bad situation, most people would try to get out of a bad situation um, one way or another. It's just human survival instincts. That's it. So I really like what you have talked about there, Mel. And maybe this is a part like, hey, are there doubt? You just raised a really good point. Are there any mistakes that you see other investors making uh in this area password that you can also highlight so that our audience can learn a little bit from those mistakes that you've seen okay yeah so um again it's it's partly that just to just to reiterate on on you know just having the right intention having at least some you know like this uh, like pathlet says it great um i don't know if this is atticus's phrase or whatever but 
uh, doing, um, you, you know, do well while doing good. Like care about doing good. You know, like if you if you have some caring about doing good, I think you're going to have more success than 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 uh, someone who doesn't. That's first. Um, uh, I think overlooking parking, you know, sometimes that, that, that's been an issue. Um, and then um, uh, just being uh, not so much like from an amenity standpoint, but just like the, the shell and, and the MEPs that have like making sure that you're not going to have any plumbing issues. Like I, I don't, I think septic is a bad idea for sure. I mean, it's pretty, you know, like, you know, I guess it can be done. We have a couple that we manage on septic, but it has been an issue. Um, not of late, thank goodness. But um, so, you know, going ahead and scoping that, making sure that, especially if you have older, let's say you have the uh, uh, cast iron uh, pipe to the street, it hasn't been updated to PVC, but just in general, just pay attention, close attention to the plumbing to make sure that it's clean. Uh, there's not, you know, if there, especially then if there's like trees anywhere near the, you know, make sure there's no roots, like just go ahead and pay that 450 bucks to have it scoped. Make sure there's nothing wrong with the plumbing, you know, the main drain line. Um, uh, uh, I, I see uh, and even, and even the, uh, sometimes, you know, you can't catch everything. Like, you, you know, sometimes you're not going to catch until, you know, the house is lived in your contractor's not in there taking showers every day, you know, um, but yeah, I would pay close attention to the plumbing in general, especially the drain line, but also the uh, the uh, peripheral lines running into the main drain, uh, like coming from the shower. We've seen a lot of that where we've had to uh, come back and fix a uh, uh, you know you know a, a leaking you know drain from a from a bathtub or shower. Um, HVAC, this oh we you know pay very close attention. Those are the two main things. And electrical should be fine, you know, but like. Yeah, the HVAC, making sure that um, uh, we've seen, you know, people do a renovation and, and not add a supply line to a room. You know, uh, there's a new room with no supply line. Don't let that happen for sure. Um, and then even so, uh, having your HVAC, uh, you know, uh, having your con contractor ensure that that there's airflow. Like I would, uh, before I would go like, well, I'm doing the run run it right and make sure that there's airflow to every room um those are the two biggest biggest things i think from you know constructural is uh hvac and plumbing yeah so i think this is the perfect example of like guys don't cheap out in the beginning if you address mm -hmm. all these issues up front it actually will cost mm -hmm. you a lot less money because imagine you have a flooded bathroom or something like that and for some reason, it's not livable space. Now everybody has to move out. That could be really, really costly versus if you just spent the money up front, corrected yeah. all these issues. One, it'll make your life less stressful, but also make Mel's life a little less stressful. And they'll probably like working <laughs> with you more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is really, Absolutely. really cool. Yeah. So you have a, a bunch of this expertise already. Um, Mel, I forgot to ask, like, what does your team look like right now? Because I know you're working remotely, right? You have a yeah. team in place. You've scaled. You have over a hundred, almost close to 130, 150 units. What does your team look like? How many people do you have like on a team? How many people are visiting the the locations or rental properties? How many handymen or plumbers yeah. you you have on staff? What does your team look like? Yeah. So we have four full time handymen, which are which are great. And, wow. and I, I like to use this analogy that. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to find those kind of people. And that this is part of 
but this, if I, I'll take this all the way back to 2006, because even mm. then, even while I was working a corporate job, I did, played real estate a little bit on the side. I managed for my dentist. He had a house and I managed for, you know, a couple of, well, um, uh, and I've always sort of, uh, you know, and I've been hand, like I do stuff too, a little, I used to, you know, like, uh, and, and would work with handyman here and there. Um, so, um, uh, I sort of learned to build these relationships with people. So I, I like to use an analogy that, that I've, I've built the bad news bears of the uh, of, of property management, which a lot of people may not get that reference, especially younger folks. It's a movie from the 80s. And, and my, my, you know, remember it might be foggy, but it was a guy who like, he was a great baseball player. Then he goes on, he was like a drunk or something. And he goes to AA, goes back to his hometown. It's like, what am I going to do with my life? And like, he uh, found all these like rascal kids um, from the neighborhood and then created this like uh, this, this championship baseball team of all these bad kids, you know. <laughs> so I, I, it's not, you know, property management is not the funnest. It's hard to find people who want to go change a lock or fix a toilet. And um, uh, but you, you find I, I found I found, uh, you know, so I have four full time uh, maintenance folks. I have another property manager on uh, so I'm a broker in Atlanta. She's an associate broker. Um, uh, she does a lot of our long-term stuff, but she also does some of the path split stuff. Um, we, you know, Matea, my, my CPA, she's a CPA. She's all, she is, you want her looking at all the numbers. Like from the time she was a kid, she looked at every receipt. Uh, I'm very lucky to, 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 to be able to work, work with her. Um, um, we have, uh, we have five full-time virtual assistants. So this is really huge for us like out of the philippines because they're really good and and you know we're with technology you know fast split having this platform everything is easy to find there then we have our property management software um uh, you you know we utilize whatsapp we have all these different groups like the plumber group uh all of our maintenance guys have their own group but they have all the vas on that group um we have the, the main maintenance team group so set all these groups through whatsapp for communication purposes so we can we know when it was so crazy at first when we we're all on one group it was like oh my god it's just <laughs> but like it's 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 broken out now um so it's a uh, we have we have relationships with uh we have a great plumber that we call on he's 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 part of a, a gc group he's not a full-time guy for us but we can always call on him and um uh we still have to we pay his boss basically not him when, when he comes we have you know, we've, there are electricians. We've we had one that was really good, and we've had another. So we, we do have some good ones. So, but we have a, a handful of subs that are easy to call on. We have three HVAC guys that we can that we can call on. We have uh, uh, a lawn care um, provider that uh, um, uh, he's he's really good. He's grown. We've helped him to grow. We got two cleaners, um, a pest control company. And that that was part of it too. Like this whole, like my whole journey really was, uh, you know, uh, I want to provide. I want to help people like have an opportunity to grow. Like pretty much almost all the people that have come to us has been a great opportunity for them to grow themselves or, or their business. And I, and I try to do that. Like with, even with my with my team, like it's about I want to empower them. Like I don't give. I want them to make decisions. Like some of the the, uh, the VAs. You know, it's funny because they've come to us and they almost always want you to uh they, they just they just want a task and just to do the task but but see i meet with them every single day i go through every single ticket with the with the vas every single day and then um you know and try to 
it used to, I would usually, I would do things. And then eventually our, our head VA, he, he got, he's shoot, he's better than I am. Um, he, he started taking on the task and, and I always sort of, uh, I, I tell him that we have, we have pep talks or whatever. We, we talk about things before, before we get into the, uh, nitty gritty sometimes uh, about empowerment and, and this and that. And I want you to make decisions. It's going to make you a better whole person and all this stuff. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a, that's dude, a- I love your management style because I think people under or the discount when they have VAs on a team. I'm so glad you talk to your VAs every day because that's what it takes to be successful in this, guys. Like you, you get out what you put in, and Mel, when you put in this much time working with your team, that's a sign of a great leader because you're investing in your team, and actually, you get you get to reap the fruits of the labor uh, because for all the effort that you put in. And I, like I have one VA and what I've taught her to do is just simply, hey, just pretend this is your business. What it, yeah. if you, what what would you do if you were in my situation? And I, and I tried to, I almost had to like, because we're the type of guys that want to do everything and solve the problem right away, right? We almost had to pause a little bit and say, hey, I need to teach this person how I think. Because sometimes it's easy to tell people what to do, but to teach them how you think, that's where the magic Ooh. really, really happens. Yeah. And I think that's what I've found to be successful. Like I got Airbnbs, but my VA helps me manage the the messages for some of the folks, right? So that's all important. Like, But it took a while to train them up. And I still review all the messages, make sure it's going through smoothly. But at least I am one step removed from that process. And I love the system that you have created because now you have Handyman. You got an uh, associate broker who is also your property manager for your properties, but you got five full-time VAs. So you know someone's always looking at these tickets or issues whenever they come up. So someone can respond to them right away. So you can spend more time with your family. Makes perfect (laughs) sense. I love the system you made, man. Absolutely love it. Um, Maybe this is a great part uh, to ask this question because this is a question I ask everybody else, right, Mel? And this question is really important to me because I think I started this podcast, one, to collect all the pieces of the puzzle, to to help the next generation if we don't solve this problem in our generation. It's like help them prepare on at least give them a head start in solving this big problem of a massive shortage of affordable housing. Uh, why do you think affordable housing, particularly the lack of supply, is so hard to solve for? And is there anything that you think people can do? What are your thoughts? I mean, I think Pat Split has, you know, sort of nailed it on the on the head, at least to a, at least from one angle, um, uh, in taking existing supply to to like to to solve to help solve this problem. Um, uh, uh, there's all this there, there's all these rooms, all this space um, that, that generally would would go to a you know just one or two people or or even sit vacant. Um, so taking this existing supply, because I think, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, affordable housing is not so sexy, right? It's not, uh, it's not, people don't typically build for uh, affordable housing. And, and I, I mean, I sort of see why, I mean, if you're going to spend all the money to develop, you know, you, you, you typically want, you know, you're building a class, you know, generally it's, a class. Let's talk about apartments, right? You, people who build are building A class apartments. Those A class apartments eventually become C or D class apartments. So people aren't out there. And then if you talk, you know, just in general, uh, ever, you know, even when I start, you know, you just think, okay, I'm going to be a flipper, or, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, everyone's, you know, looking for the bigger and better 
better things. They think that's where the where the money is. Um, uh, and and affordable housing is just very much uh, overlooked. Um, but uh, I, I think I think you know, again, what Pathfoot is doing is huge. And I think also with, uh, you know, maybe folks are going to start going back to the office, but there's, there's a lot of existing supply that needs, that should and can be converted to solve this affordable housing. I mean, there's still quite a few, you know, in Atlanta, I see, you know, the, the, the dilapidated or, or, you know, schools or other bigger buildings that it's going to take some work to, 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 reconstruct them in a way that you could have affordable housing in there. But um, if the government, you know, if we could, if we could, you know, those could be some subsidized projects um, uh, or, you know, if you could get some private investors who really wanted, who really, you know, cared about, um, about affordable housing to, 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 to develop it, you know, maybe have a, a longer perspective on like when they're going to get the return that they might need. But, yeah, um, but I think the reason it is so low is that yeah, everyone's developing the the, the latest and greatest thing, um, and, and and you know building for you know B and A you know B and A type uh, renters or, or potentially buyers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I completely agree with you, and I think the, the sometimes the numbers need to work right, and I think yeah. this plat split model uh, provides investors with the opportunity to provide affordable housing, so that it's this weekly rental rate. I mean, that doesn't sometimes when you, if your minimum wage is like fifteen bucks an hour, that's that's about right. That's where people can usually pay about a third of their income, and this is just another solution to the problem because it's such a massive problem, man. And yeah. Passport helps address this one segment of the population that we can help. And that's why I see this as an exit strategy for so many folks out there who want to get some yield, provide some supply to the lack of affordable housing, and everybody can contribute in their own way. So, man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on here, Mel. I mean, seriously, without people like you, like I would have never had the home I grew up in. I sincerely, sincerely thank you for getting into property management. It's not an easy business. It takes a lot of work and even more work to scale it up to where you are today. It's took a lot of discipline, I'm sure, and a lot of sweat and tears, <laughs> but yeah. it's amazing. And I can't wait to work with you on some deals. Like I definitely want to work with you as our property manager for sure. Um, wow. Just full disclosure, this is not a solicitation for an investments, not financial legal advice. But seriously, I, I really love what you're doing. I love everything that I've heard, especially when it comes to how you treat your team and how you treat your residents with respect. Um, those are the type of people I want to work with and be friends with, man. Seriously, like yeah. I can't yeah. wait to get a coffee with you. Um, well, for the people that want to reach out to you, engage you, Mel, where can they find more information about you guys and get in touch with you guys to hire you guys as a property manager? Yeah, yeah, really easy at pmiatlantawest.com. Um, you know, PMI Atlanta West is, you know, all of the, the social media. You find us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and yeah, email, email. It's just Mel, pretty easy, at pmiatlantawest.com. And Matea, not so easy. <laughs> so I'll spell that. It's M-A-T-E-J-A at PMIAtlantaWest.com. Matea at PMIAtlantaWest.com. Yeah, so Matea is from Slovenia. 
uh, where we actually spend a lot of time now. We, we you know, we're able. This was, this was, uh, you know, I'll, you know, I'll allude to that. Like this, uh, this whole investment journey was to, uh, for me. I did want to free up um, and be able to do things kind of, kind of remotely. And, and I want, and I, and I, a part of it was just. I think when we talked before, I mentioned like sort of letting go and like, and and just going into your and believing that it can happen. Like you know. Um, and I believe anyone, there's no question. I don't even, I, you know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, like anyone can create the, the, the life that they want. I mean, you know, um, certain, certainly we have to live in some you know, laws of the universe or whatever, but if you're, you, you can, you can do it. You can find, find your way. Uh, and I, and I felt, you know, when I first started to travel, that was with Matea to Slovenian parts of Europe. And I was like, what are these people doing? You know, like I just met all these interesting people doing these different things. And it just, it's, I was like, oh, I don't have to do things this way, the way that I've, you know, uh, you know, been brought up in nine to five or da da da. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think a lot of in- investors have that in mind, um, and that's what we are. We, we're we're a vessel to help them. I, I know, uh, I know. For me, I was able to do my own property management. Um, you know, I was fortunate to to do that, but that might not be the exact path for everyone else. But PMI Atlanta West is an extension of you know, of, of me wanting to, you know, get this freedom in, in my life. And, and I, and I do it. I, and I'll, you know, I'll tell you, tell the audience, I, I think about you guys every day. I say like affirmations and stuff. This is what we do. We provide this, like we're a vessel for this. So, so, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, hopefully it, uh, hopefully uh, it helps some people. Man, I am so inspired right now, dude. Like, I just like I'm gonna get out this call. I'm gonna analyze some deals, and I just want to put more offers in because I really want to work with you, Mal. And uh, hey, guys, if you guys are still listening to this, make sure you hit like, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and don't forget to leave a comment because I would love if there were any questions that we didn't answer today that you have questions for Mel and Matea. Like leave them in the comments because I want to bring Mel back on with Matea in probably six months, twelve months. I don't know. Maybe after we set up our first property, we can bring you back on, Mel, and we can just simply have a conversation like what that process entailed. So that again, pulling back the curtain, everyone can figure out like, oh, so this is the process that we will go through to work with Mel to set up a property. I think that could be really cool topic to kind of go through because then we will have a a case study from beginning to end, and I think that's gonna be really fun, man. So hey. I had an amazing conversation with you today, man. And I, I really, really appreciate your time. I can't thank you enough. Thank you for coming on and sharing all your nuggets and all your secrets with the audience. I think you provided a tremendous amount of value. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you so much. This is a great opportunity for me as well. Um, this is the first. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, ultimately, I do want to I want to have impact, right? And, and this is this is a way that you can. So, uh, yeah, I, I really commend you for what you're doing. And, and providing that kind of impact to people yeah all right thank you so much man i appreciate you and we are out all right